Well, it's a total loss of faith in corporate America. Right. Right? So we've had time to sit back and be introspective as a as a whole, as a population. And think about what we where our lives are at and what we want in the future. And a mass conclusion or a large conclusion is coming about saying we've lost faith in corporate America being able to deliver what he or she needs. Right. For their life. And this goes a lot into our previous two episodes we were talking about culture, right? When mm-hmm. you think about the last episode of the employee viewpoint viewpoint of culture, those first five that we talked about in the emotional value are obviously not there. If you see right. this mass exodus is happening from corporate America, and a full third of those folks are going, I'm done with it, I'm going out on my own. Take well, that risk. Hello, and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Andy McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value, providing life, leadership, and small business coaching services in the Atlanta area. And I'm Zach Levy, your other co-host. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife, Megan. Together, Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z, which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved. We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life. And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today. Welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Zach Levy, joined, as always, on this beautiful Tuesday with the Andy McDowell. Andy, great to see you this morning. Great to see you as well. So, on this um, fine fall day with the, here in Atlanta, the leaves are, I won't say they're at peak, but they're close. I mean, it's beautiful with the colors right now. Yeah, for George boy, it's, it's getting cold. Most of y'all would say, oh, like 40 degrees, that's not cold. It, it is. When it is here. been born in the south and yeah. not lived anywhere else. Like the time I went to Maine and the high was 17 degrees, and I asked, why do people live here? So <laughs> It's all about context, brother. <laughs> the river that's supposed to be moving is frozen solid. Yeah. <laughs> so, but enough about the weather as always, but... You know, Andy, I'm really excited about our topic today because this is something that I actually talk a lot about with a large number of people, Mm -hmm. a shift that we're seeing now. And a lot of people don't understand why. They they just see headlines, right? Right. And so today, y'all, we're talking about what is being coined the great resignation. Yeah, so a lot of news items about people can't find people to work. And a lot of speculation as to why that is, you know, reasons like, well, during the pandemic, I went and got a degree or associate's degree in something, and now I'm looking for a different kind of job to the unemployment still in effect. And 
people are making more money on it versus what they used to do at work in terms of pay and so forth. So, so there's a lot of speculating, if you will, out there as to the reasons why. But what we're going to talk about today, I think it's lost in the chaos and in the conversation in the media and so forth about why people are leaving jobs. And it's not, not because they got laid off. I mean, I think that was the reasoning at the very beginning of the pandemic as companies were shrinking and knowing that we were in here for the long haul. But today, we're using as a reference an article that was on CNBC's website last week. And I don't know about you, Zach, but the, one of the statistics that just jumped out at me that they mentioned was that in August of this year, we're only talking three months ago. Right. 4.3 million people. I don't, I don't know what percentage that is of the population, but maybe a percent, 2%. Roughly one. Roughly 300 million people. people. In just one month. Right. Somewhere between 1% and 2% of the population quit and left their job. That was a head-scratcher for me when I was reading it this week and said, hey, this is probably a topic we ought to talk about in today's episode. But mm -hmm. 4.3 million people, out of their own volition, quit their job. Let that sink in for a minute. Our listeners, if you would, 4.3 million people in a 30-day time frame. And so a, a some of that has to do with burnout. You know, we're in, let's see, March of last year. So it's a year, year and eight months, roughly, that we're into this pandemic, which has really taken a, a mental toll on people's psyches, dealing with all the politics and the isolation and deaths and so forth and so on. So there is an element of burnout in it, but there's also an element of, you know, Zach, when people in their lives uh, take, a, take a man at the age of 42 that has a heart attack. Mm-hmm and survives it, and the amount of introspection and change in direction, thoughts about where am I in my life and what do I want for the future, because we get this big reminder that life is fragile and can end on any day. And so we're talking about that kind of event and activity happening on a grand scale around the world. Right. And there's a statistic regarding the Great Resignation. Some 30% of workers will have left their job. So 4.3 million in August, 1%. Mm -hmm. But yeah, because that 4.3 is just one month. Right. That's not even covering the whole other months of the pandemic. Right. So you're talking about a shift of a third of the of the workforce saying, I'm going on to, to better. I'm moving to something else. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, as a business coach, as an entrepreneur myself, another statistic I love in here is that one third of those that left their job have gone on to start their own business. I think... This is, this is something I think that's kind of generational, if you will, because 
for the prior generations, right, since the Industrial Revolution, really, it was beat into, especially middle class, that you go to school, you get good grades, mm-hmm. and you get a job. Mm-hmm. There was a process. Right. It was just it was step the American one, step way. two, step three. It was almost just a conveyor belt mm-hmm. of people, right? And you were supposed to work for 40 years at that job, you know, get a pension, retire, and that was just what you were supposed to be okay with. Mm-hmm. Nothing in that school talked about equity for your soul, talked about, you know, exploring what made you tick. It mm-hmm. was just you do your job, you put food on the table for your family, and if you don't like it, too bad. That's it, I mean, that's a very harsh way of putting it, but that's what the system has been for years. And then you start, I think, with the millennial generation and now Gen Z, right? I, I think this has a lot to do with this awakening that something's not right with the traditional corporate structure, right? Mm-hmm. You're seeing a lot more, if you will, alternative ways to generate income, right? You're seeing a lot more things through social media. You're seeing a lot more things in the digital that people just aren't buying into that same track. Well, it's a total loss of faith in corporate America. Right. Right. So we've had time to sit back and be introspective as a, as a whole, as a population. And think about what we, where our lives are at and what we want in the future. And a mass conclusion or a large conclusion is coming about saying we've lost faith in corporate America being able to deliver what he or she needs. Right. For their life. And this goes a lot into our previous two episodes. We were talking about culture, right? When you mm-hmm. think about the last episode of the employee viewpoint of culture, those first five that we talked about in the emotional value are obviously not there. If you see right. this mass exodus is happening from corporate America, and a full third of those folks are going, I'm done with it, I'm going out on my own. Take well, that risk. And we see that this is happening, but we always say, you know, start with why, right? And we've got to understand why this is happening. It's a complete shift in consciousness, if mm-hmm. you will, mm-hmm. right? We've had a complete change. There, I talk to a lot of people about this as I do talk to people that are transitioning careers or leaving their jobs, whatever. I've talked to a lot of people And just because this has kind of been top of mind for me, I've asked them what the biggest reasons they decided to a lot of times even leave what would be considered a good job, making decent six figures or things like that and Mm -hmm. saying, I'm going to go chase something that fulfills me. Right. Right. That's one. We're moving from the head down to the heart. Right. And I think a lot of people, they don't ever make that change because they live in fear instead of love. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. But when I talk, this shift came from the pandemic. This is where this article is all about is the great resignation as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm -hmm. And what that did, what I've seen a lot of people, they had a realization because you take somebody that is commuting to the office every single day. And if you live in a big city like Atlanta, 
New York, LA, the the traffic cities, that commute every day cuts years off your life, mm-hmm. first off. Right. Right. And they're going into the office, they're having to leave their house at six o'clock to get there at eight o'clock because traffic sucks. They go in, they sit in their office, they, you know, are in this stuffy space away from their family, mm-hmm. away from what they love, away from their home. And then all of a sudden, boom, pandemic hits. We can't open the office, right? Right. And the industries that could made a transition to remote work, right? And said, okay, y'all can go work from home. You no longer have to commute. You can be, you know, spend more time with your family. Your lunch break can be with your kids, right? And just make sure you're productive and get your job done. And then all of a sudden, oh, we're opening the world back up. We need you to go back to that really, really, you know, stressful commuting life. Cut that time that you had with your family and resume the old way. People had a taste of freedom, right? Once Mm -hmm. you let the animal out of the cage, it doesn't want to go back in. And so when people have been forced to go back into the cage, if you will, they're saying, I need, a, I, need, I need a different way out. I'm not, I'm not going to do this because I don't want to sacrifice who I want to be, what I want to have in life. I want an and life, not an or life that we've talked about in the past. Yeah, well, it's a, sort of a move from quantity to quality, right? Right. The, quant- the quantity of time being spent sitting in the, you know, commuting in the car, being on the road. Flying around the world, you name it. It's busy, 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 busy right. time. Lots of quantity. And what the pandemic has forced people to look at is it is too much quantity, and I'd rather sacrifice some of that for a higher quality in his or her life. Right. Cause- and to take that risk, that courage, you know, to move to a different spot in life. You know, and for the one-third that went out and ultimately started their own business— Right. Humans are meant to be free. Right. And a lot of people, I mean, you've experienced this. I've experienced this is whether we voluntarily left the corporate world or were voluntold to leave the corporate world. Mm -hmm. We jumped into entrepreneurship because we didn't want somebody else telling us where to be, what to do, when, when to do it, how to do it, and when to go to the bathroom. And a lot of people, I think, have seen that and said, that you know, the system doesn't have to be that way. We've seen, heck, the rise in the gig economy, right? So Uber, DoorDash, this, the 1099 contractors, the self-employed work when you want to. That's because people want freedom. And then the other people who have left their jobs, it, it is about being able, you know, they found something, their company's not letting them work remotely anymore. So they said, sorry, can't do this. I'm going to go find somebody that will, that'll appreciate me and let me get my work done and not have to have me in an office. Give me the life I want to, the balance. Mm -hmm. So, I think we're going to see a big shift and a big momentum change. I mean, you can appreciate all the help wanted signs you see up and down the street now when people are making a conscious decision of this magnitude. Right. You know, that yes, unemployment situation... The unemployment benefits situation and burnout and so forth are real issues and they're there. But when you see this large of a percentage of people are leaving 
out of a quality decision. Mm-hmm. You're going to see huge changes in behavior out of folks. And that's what I was talking to people at the beginning of the pandemic is uh, business owners. Mm-hmm. Look to see what behaviors change and which ones you think are going to stick is where your opportunities are. Here it is, folks. You got a disgruntled workforce that's tired of what corporate America has done and is is so burnt out or so upset about it, they're just willing to go take the risk and go do something on their own. Do it in a different way than what corporate America has offered. Mm-hmm. And so now what you're seeing is corporate America is out there changing wages, changing uh, floor plans and physical plant to make it more attractive to want to get people back into the offices to try and counteract this great resignation movement from that perspective. You know, it sets up a great environment for you and I. It does. <laughs> Being entrepreneurs, you know, me helping entrepreneurs and you hiring folks to be part of your team and become their own entrepreneurs. The question is, how long can this bubble, if it is a bubble, survive? You know, because we all know the statistics of people that actually make it so to speak, through year two or three or four of starting a business. Right. And one thing, another thing that stood out to me in the article, because we've talked about the ones that have quit, but then there was a study or several surveys noted in the article. One from Morning Consult taken in mid-September found that 46% of full-time employees are either Mm -hmm. actively looking or considering a new job shirts. I mean, they talk 46%. About, right. And if corporations read that, that's got to put them on edge. I'll put it nicely. Yeah, it's <laughs> a huge wake-up right? call, right? To start looking at the culture list that we went through the past two weeks and start concentrating on the stuff on top. Right. doesn't even have to do with pay and benefits. You know, in in general, when a company does layoffs, what does that mean? That means that the the work order, the job at hand remains the same and you got to figure out a way to do it with less people, right? Because the market is expecting you as a company to still offer what you've been offering. Right. And so the equation is that something's happened, some disruption or whatever that has caused you to not do as well as you were doing. And you've got to go, your answer to it is to go lay off people. But all all of the workload that was there in the beginning before you laid off people still has to happen. You know, I watched it at Boeing. You're taking... Right. X person just got laid off. Now we're going to chop what they were doing in thirds and hand a third to this person, a third to this person, a third to this person. And oh, by the way, you got to keep doing what you were doing before. What what makes you think that people aren't going to get burned out? Right. Because you haven't reduced the, the, the work function or the workload. If anything, you've gone backwards and given less balance. Yes. Here's the same amount of time for the same amount of money to do 
one and a half times the work or two times the work. Good luck. I mean, it's one thing to have it happen to, you know, folks that are like in sales and production where if you lose those bodies, you may not be piecing out more work to others because their job is directly linked to what you're doing from a revenue perspective. But then you have those core in what I call administrative functions, finance, marketing, so forth, that that are not directly linked to the amount of production or revenue that you got coming in. You're you're laying off those folks and and yet you still have to do the same amount of work in those functions just to keep the company going. Those are the ones that really get hit, you know, when it comes to layoffs. But we, we shouldn't be surprised. If we are surprised, we're kidding ourselves. To think all of these layoffs and so forth that are happening during the pandemic isn't going to cause burnout, particularly when the disruption, you know, a lot of, a lot of disruptions in business happen and they happen for like three or four months and you're done with it. Mm-hmm. You move on. We're, we're, what did I say in the beginning of this episode, like 18 months or so, 20 months into this pandemic. I mean, it's going on and on and on and on. Right. Really kidding yourself. You don't think that's going to cause burnout. So where do you think we go from here? What, what what are your thoughts about what the next 12, 24 months looks like? Given given these facts, given this information that's in this article, where, where are we heading as a world, as a nation within business? I mean, the article notes this as well, but I've I've said this myself that this this isn't a moment in time. Right? It's not something that's gonna be here and be gone. There is, without a doubt, going to be a very large, lasting mark on corporate America, on the workforce, and the way people view jobs. It's not just a source of a paycheck necessarily anymore. Is it, is it a culture I want to be a part of? Is it fulfilling? Am I, you know... Do I have a work-life balance? Am I able to have an and life or is the company expecting me to serve them and then give everything else my leftovers? Yeah, I think the key, your key point there is the and. Yeah. It's going to be much more of a demand, much more patience in looking for a job where, yeah, I want you to be competitive on the pay and the benefits with mm-hmm. everybody else, but and you've, you've got to bring a culture and a leadership style and everything that we talk about on this podcast. That's going to bring me a quality of life. Right. Because I just got reminded big time. I got hit over the head with a two by four by this pandemic about how short life can be. Right. Because we've all, I mean. And I'm going to state, start taking my own personal power in that decision as opposed to handing it over to corporate America. Right. And you made the reference of, you know, the 42 year old that has a heart attack and has a. Mm-hmm close to death situation. And for a lot of people during the pandemic, even if they didn't end up at the hospital, they might've known we've all known somebody that has or Mm -hmm. multiple people that have, and it causes a self-reflection. And I think a lot of people have realized it's not about corporate America. It's not about the job. It's not about the paycheck. Right. Cause you hear that, you know, people that they're, they're doing great in their job. They're, upper level, they're making amazing money 
and they have the nice house, the nice cars and everything. And then they're looking death in the face potentially. And they realize what they sacrificed for that. And it wasn't worth it. Their biggest regret is not, I wish I'd have made more money or I wish I'd have been able to build a pool house. It, it's usually, I wish I would have spent more time with those I loved or made a bigger impact. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I see a lot of people that will remain in this lane to, to get more satisfaction for them, if you will. Look out for them, not necessarily corporate America. And there's going to be a major shift in that relationship. Oh, it's definitely going to be a major shift. I think we, I think we can all see the writing on the wall, particularly when you four four point two million people left their jobs voluntarily in one month. That truly yeah. is a movement. It's not a this little blip where people went out and got drunk one night and made <laughs> stupid decisions the next morning. Right? right? This is this is thought out. People are understanding the risks, and it's a big statement on corporate America not delivering where the world is going. So corporate America, how are you changing as the world changes? Right. Are you going to keep doing the same thing under the same Wall Street model? Or are you going to start doing something different that looks at those top five elements and how employees look at culture? Are you going to go with the flow? <laughs> so to speak. Because it's hard to deny these statistics. I mean, this is this is not gut feelings. This is data. Right. This is statistics that's staring you in the face. And are you going to put blinders on to it, or are you going to take a hard look at yourself, looking at these numbers, and go, "We need to do it differently." I mean, you look at that that four point two million number over the last twenty years. That's a record. Right. The number of people left their jobs voluntarily over the last 20 years, that's a record. Be interested to see what September and October's numbers were. Wow. If it's staying up that high or is that the peak of it and it's going to start going down a little bit. I don't know. People may not be willing to do that kind of a big change in their lives coming up with the holidays. May see this little low for the holidays and then pick up again after the first of the year. I don't know. Might be New Year's resolutions. <laughs> Could very well be. Wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised at all. So, and I mean, you and I have had talks. I, I'd love to see a shift to more people living out of why mm-hmm. than just going to a job for a paycheck. Because that all that does is lead to hardness, you know, kind of hardness of heart, if you will. It builds somebody's cold. We've all met that super, you know, just corporate person that is just staunch all the time. They can't seem to have fun. And that's what that breeds mm-hmm. because there's no fulfillment or satisfaction. It's just all about the job and getting tasks done and if that's not there, then what? Right. So I got interviewed on a, another podcast last week. It's only a 30 minute interview, but the 
the host of the podcast asked me a couple of questions relative to the subject in terms of where do you see business changing and, and leadership styles going into the future, given the changes coming out of the pandemic? And I said, well, you're going to have more people working from home. It's pretty much either going to be a hybrid model or people are going to be wor working full time from home. So f from a leadership and management perspective, that's going to force managers and leaders to have to take a style that's more results-based, right? Mm -hmm. A lot more goal setting, a lot more conversations and monitoring how that work or those goals are being achieved because you're not going to have eyeballs on everybody all the time like you do when they're in the office, you know, when you're walking around in the hallways or between the cubicles or whatever, you don't have that as a tool for an assessment how employees are doing. So right. it's much more intentional conversations and a results-based leadership style to say, instead of, you know, what, what usually happens, you get together with an employee in January and you set some yearly goals. And then you might have a weekly or a monthly conversation that sort of monitors that. You can almost have to have a, a daily or weekly at most kind of conversation with employees about where are you at with these things? I can't see you. I can't eyeball you, have water cooler conversations with you or whatever. I only get to do it through Zoom or, mm -hmm. you know, two, what I call 2D means in meetings to, to have any kind of assessment of that. So it's right. much more of... Let's set some goals, and I'm going to be measuring you and your performance based off of how close you get to those goals at the end of the month. Because that's really the major indicator I have, because I don't have any of the other cue points, if you will, on how well you're doing as an employee with the job. Have we beat this one enough? Have we beat up corporate America enough? <laughs> I mean, I think we have, and I think, um, you know, I've always said there's no need to beat a dead horse, but... There's a, if you will, in the workforce, a great awakening that's led to this great resignation, mm -hmm. right? And it's exciting to see from this point of view. It's If I was corporate America, I'd be very scared and assessing my playbook, right? Mm -hmm. Testing my culture, assessing my strategy. Right. And so... With that being said, I mean, whichever side of this conversation that you may be on, if you hear this and you're a business owner, you're going, what exactly do I do to shift to prevent a mass exodus for my company? If that's a concern. Reach out. You know where to find us. It's something we talk about all the time. And then if you're on the other side and you're going, how do I get free? You feel stuck. You're not sure which move to make you know where to find us. Our, our contact info's in the outro. So. So what do you, uh, before we leave, for a small business owner, what's the takeaway? Because A, you're going to get more competition because more mm -hmm. people are entering their own businesses. But if you're trying to attract people, just like corporate America, the thing you should be focusing on is your leadership style. Your culture, mm -hmm. 
I mean, obviously, make sure your pay and benefits matches competition, but that was true before the pandemic. It's more about what kind of environment, leadership style, so forth exists within your company that's going to attract people that are looking for work to come into your business and want to stay. You're just not going to be a six-month stop or something to something else. Right. And I think a big part of it, too, is that remote or hybrid ability. People want more freedom. Mm -hmm. So how do you implement that as part of your culture and the workability of that? And, of course, that's industry-dependent. A a restaurant can't have virtual servers. Right. (laughs) But. Right. But I think the benefit or the leverage that small business owners have is flexibility. They can move quicker, can pay attention to these things, and if they see they need to change things, they can turn that around a lot quicker than a major corporation. Right. And that's something that are a benefit or a strategic advantage you should be thinking about in your own business to take advantage of the situation at hand. Okay. Let's let's wrap this one up. I think it's a nice fit to what we talked about the last two weeks. I'll have to admit I didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> it sort of fell in my lap looking at our last two episodes and talking about culture and just looking at what was going on through the news feeds this past week. I'm like, this naturally fits to what we were talking about because cultures can become more and more important in people's decisions of where they work well, or how they work. I've always said there's there's no such thing as coincidence. No. So. No, it's it's happening upstairs. Right. But we greatly appreciate you tuning into today's episode. I hope you got some nuggets out of it, some talking points or things to think about in your own business. We wish you the best of luck of that. Like Zach said, we're here as resources to help you out if you need it. Uh, Zach's always looking for great team members, and I'm always looking for people to help to be successful in their life and in their business. So with that being said, as what, always, as you, always, <laughs> go ahead. You know, help us generate more value. If if you know somebody that this would be a major, major benefit to, to listen to, give them some nuggets to think about, give it a share, share it with those you love and care about. And also just to help us out. And if you keep up with the episodes every week, get a notification, make sure you don't miss anything. And follow us on this journey. Hit that subscribe button. We prefer to you follow us, but um, that's not a button to click. So maybe y'all can help start a petition to have that changed. I don't know. Yeah. And I'll do a plug for myself. If you're more interested in my thoughts about leadership business, just came out yesterday. did an interview with the Profiles in Leadership podcast available on all the major uh, podcast platforms. I talked with Steve Anderson, who... Um, does that podcast had a great conversation discussions discussion so check it out if you want so that being said have a great week have a great day we'll see you again next tuesday on another riveting subject in life or in business have a great day and take care thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the generate your value podcast If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can find me online on Instagram at TheFitzpreneur, Facebook, and LinkedIn. For information on my coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.GenerateYourValue.com. You can also find me and my company on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
Simply search for Generate Your Value on those platforms. Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast, and we invite you to generate your value in this world.